Welcome to the Swim Swam Breakdown. I'm Coleman Hodges coming to you from Brooklyn, New York. We are joined by Swim Swam Editor-in-Chief Braden Keith from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, who's reaching for something currently, and <laughs> Swim Swam Let there be white. <laughs> Swim Swam Senior International Reporter Loretta Race from French 75 Boutique in Kentucky. What's up, guys? Hey, Coleman. Uh, hey. Coleman. Are you channeling your inner Caleb Dressel today with that mustache? I am. This is this is circa Caleb Dressel three days ago signing fans' foreheads. <laughs> How long do you think it took Caleb to grow his mustache? It only took you three days. <laughs> I did this overnight. Caleb, I'd say it, it, he's been growing his since Tokyo, since he shaved yeah. for Tokyo. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Because he hasn't shaved since or rested. <laughs> or rested. That, that was you very can tell, but You could tell by his mustache number one way to tell if a swimmer is tapered (laughs) if they have a mustache or no because this isn't the 70s all right (laughs) we've got a lot of swimming to talk about so we're going to get into it uh first of all both men's and women's ncaa psych sheets well men's pre-selection psych sheets we have ncaa lineups for men's and women's let's start (laughs) with the dissecting the women's, I think Reagan Smith doing the two fly two back double is one of the uh, most interesting things. Do you think this is going to go well? Uh, you know, she did pretty well on her day three double at pack 12s. Her fastest of the, the three swims was her third one. And I know the two hundreds are a little different than the one hundreds. Um, it, <laughs> To me, this is most interesting about relay selection. Does Stanford leave her on the 400 free relay at the end of the triple? Um, or do they put someone else in there? Because, you know, Stanford doesn't have – Stanford's sprint group is kind of interesting because they've got enough sprinters with Taylor Ruck and Tori Husk and, and filling in swimmers that it's pretty good, but it's like it's not primary sprinters. So they have swimmers to replace Reagan, but they're not sort of at the – at the the same god tier of Reagan in in general swimming and it's um you know do you take a do you use a sprinter who's been focused on the 100 free all year or do you use your two-time olympic medalist um so that i think three-time olympic medalist sorry Reagan um two individual olympic medals is what i was thinking um to uh to just really like stack that relay. I mean, Tori Reagan and uh, Taylor Ruck on the same NCAA relay is unbelievable. Um, but like that, I think to me, that's the most interesting part of that is Stanford still going to use her on that free relay. I, I mean, just I four two hundreds in one day. That's so much swimming, well, especially okay, at yeah, the but- end of the meet. But that's what Braden said last week. It's NCAAs. Like, you got to bring it, you know? So that's you what know, you were I saying last week. <laughs> rolling that forward, doing Coleman's job for him, I was a little surprised that Brendan Burns is not holding that double. I think I thought after doing the, the two 139s at Big Tens um, that he would do the double at men's, and he is doing the 100 fly, 100 back double instead, which he's also very good at and could – easily placed top five in both of. Um, but I thought, I thought I, I would like to know what result at big 10 discouraged him from repeating it at NCAA because it seemed like it went pretty well. I, I mean, to me, it's not about the result. It's about the meat. I think like NCAAs, there's just more pressure. There's you, you exhaust more emotional and mental energy at that meet than a conference meet I'm guessing. And it's, it's just, it's a really hard double. Uh, and uh, obviously, like you said, Brendan birds pulled it off. He won both events at men's big tens, which I don't think we've ever seen anyone do something like that. But I, I think at NCAAs, it's just that much more tougher. It's you've got to hold on to your taper that much longer. Um, and I just, it, yeah, that to me, that's the reason why I don't think it's anything about the results at big tens. We've seen swimmers try this before, but it's really been 20 years before anybody's been successful at it. Um, and that was, you know, Misty Hyman did it in 1998 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, 
her somebody else. I don't know. Somebody did it in like 1998. Teresa Crippen tried it every year and she was pretty good, but you could she tell. She scored in both events. Yeah, but, but, three or four years. But you could yeah. tell, you could tell the, the second, the back end of it, she was hurting. I mean, she didn't, she, what, which one's first? The two back is first. Yeah. So <laughs> her two back was always pretty decent and her two fly was never quite as good as she could have gone. In her case, I guess she didn't really have the, not that she didn't have another option, but it, it still might have been her best choice. In the cases of Reagan and Brendan, they both have that day three option of the 100 fly, 100 back, um, which I think changes changes the equation. Agreed. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, why do two 200s when you can do two 100s, I guess? But <laughs> I, especially, especially now that there's no double relay on day three. That's true. Which I, I'm guessing probably affected Reagan's decision to try that double. Um, I'm really excited to see at the women's meet these freak athletes really branch out and show us their versatility. We got Kate Douglas, 50 free, 100 fly, 200 breasts. We've got Tori Husk, 2 IM, 100 fly, 100 free, um, which I, you know, I don't think we've, at least in the last decade, we certainly haven't seen top athletes have schedules like that that are just like so wonky and kind of all over the place and i'm really excited to see how those go you guys know the swimming song by loudon wainwright the third no there's a he, it's all about swimming and he there's a line where he goes last summer i swam the breaststroke i swam the backstroke too i even swam some butterfly and i'm not saying it right because it rhymes in the song <laughs> but he basically talks about how last summer he swam all the strokes this is a real song. Um, and like, that's what this reminds me of. It's just like, yeah. I'm going to do some breaststroke this week. Nah, I don't want to do breaststroke at NCAA in several days. I'm going to do the two fly instead. Um, you know, these swimmers and we're seeing it more at the youth level too. Um, mm -hmm. Not in, you know, swimmers like Thomas Heilman, the, these stars, but even sort of the next level of you know, 15 to 30th ranked recruits are just swimming everything. You know, when I'm covering these meets and, and you're writing about somebody winning the hundred breasts, you can't anymore just go check and see if they won the 200 breasts. You have to check the yeah. hundred fly and the hundred back and the 200 free because it's all the it's same. It's the Phelps story. effect. It's the Phelps effect. Yeah. I do think, I, I think he definitely had, you know, some kind of filtering effect down, you know, to the age group level that, I hey, I'm swimming I almost wonder if it's like the Bowman effect, right? Because this mm -hmm. is the sandpipers thing is they train everybody for everything. This is the Nashville aquatic club. And those coaches came into their primes going to Bob Bowman. Um, Academy. Lectures. Yeah. <laughs> like he was, he was the guy because Phelps was the guy and everybody yeah. wanted to coach the next Phelps. So, you know, it's, it's like, this is the way, when I was a kid, we, we, everybody was pigeonholed by age yeah, 12. Yeah. You were a breaststroker, mm -hmm. you were a backstroker. And I always thought that was a little weird. Um, and I think at some point in history, maybe swimmers did this more versatile thing. Like I think this may be what's old is new again, mm, but mm. part of it is better athletes. We talk about this all the time. And I think having better athletes who can learn the technical details of backstroke and breaststroke at the same time. That's, I think that's a big part of why coaches are able to do this rather than specialization. So it's kind of like one part, oh, the methodology is right. And one part they've gotten the athletes now who can excel in this way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And whatever the case is, we all benefit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I think the, that's going to be a few of the most exciting storylines on the women's side, on the men's side, we just really, we just got the pre-selection psych sheets today. Whose event lineup surprised you all the most, um, out of, out of our stars that, that, you know, we've covered throughout the conference season. So, well, are we surprised that, that States isn't doing an IM? Are we surprised about that? You know, to me, because of his short time in the U.S., the freestyles, because that's that's where the trade-off would be, right? Like his day four race was always kind of going to be whatever it was going to be. But um, to me, the freestyles are easier to adapt to. They're not so dependent on, 
stroke okay, counts. Leon Marchand. Leon Marchand. Hello. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he's but, been but he might. Season. I mean, and he doesn't have the. He might not have the versatility that Matt does. You know, like who know? We don't know what Leon's five hundred free would be. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. Leon got to Arizona in August. Matt got to to. Georgia in mid January. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to think Trent and Julian, I really thought maybe he was going to go after the hundred fly because he had such a good hundred fly in um, trials of course over the summer. Yeah. Uh, and the 200 free is again, going to be a very, very good race um, without a lot of margin for error. And not that the hundred fly isn't going to be, but I thought he had an opportunity in the hundred fly maybe. Um, Hugo Gonzalez continues to swim breaststroke at the NCAA level, even though he's swimming backstroke everywhere else. I know uh, that is I, interesting. I really want to ask him or Dave Durden about like what's going on because Hugo is going to continue after college, right? He, in Spain, he's going to, he's going to be an Olympian in Paris. Um, if he was an American, maybe he would, maybe he wouldn't, but as a Spaniard, he's definitely going to continue his career. And I don't think he's ever going to swim a 200 breast internationally. Maybe it's just that Cal has so many backstrokers. They just have, you know, I was talking to Dave the other day after the, um, after the, the backstroke wedge issue. And he <clears> made <throat> some joke about petitioning the NCAA to make the entire meet backstroke um, <laughs> just because his backstrokers are so good. So maybe that's, maybe that's the explanation. <laughs> um, that's amazing. I mean, I feel like the explanation for any situation like that is that Hugo probably has really good pullouts. <laughs> And it just doesn't transfer to long course, um, whereas his backstroke does. What about Drew Kibler in the 50 over the 500? The 50, I could see thinking coming into the season that the 50 was a soft event. But I think we saw at conference meets that the 50 is going to be a very good event. With, well, with, talk about versatility. You're talking about a 50 and a 500. The fact that somebody could pick between, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. And I guess it's not a great choice because the 500 is a pretty good race too. Um, yeah, so I just a 50 man saving, over 500. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's just a matter of saving 900 yards. What what do our commenters <laughs> like to say? It's an IQ test, and he passed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, his, which sucks because what he's like, I don't know, top five performers all time. Def certainly top ten. He's been 408 low. You know, it, it's always right there. I know I've talked to him before, and he's like, I. I at one point he was like, the 500 is my favorite event. I love that event, but yeah, it's like you have a four day meet <laughs> 50 or 500 when he's, you know, one of the aces on the 400 free relay and, a, you know, could win the hundred free. I'm, I was surprised at Cal being ahead of Texas without diving on the seating scores. And, I and know, they always but, are. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that's not true. Texas has not hit their taper at NCAAs every year. I know that living in Austin, you might believe that because that's what people like to say. But, um, but Texas, I, I mean, Texas, Texas, Texas like sometimes routinely falls. outscores Texas in swimming. Maybe uh, not always, but like, I think, I feel like that, that's normal. It's, um, it's not like the, the, the diving people like to talk about it. Like the diving made the difference and it's usually the diving just makes the gap bigger hmm. Um, hmm. most years. Uh, and the, in Texas doesn't have the diving this year, you know, they've, they, they're going to have more diving points than Cal, but it's not going to be like past years. They're not going to get 60 points from diving. They're going to get 20 or 30 points from diving. And, and it's clear neither Cal, we haven't seen, um, peak Cal or Texas yet, I think is pretty clear. Yeah. Uh, but you know, coming into the season, I think we all thought the women's meet with Virginia and Stanford was going to be the exciting one that might come down to the final relay. And now it kind of looks like that's not the case. And it's going to be the men's meet that could be a barn burner. I think the men's meet will still be up in the air on the final day, which is all anybody can ask for. Right. Mm. I'm, I'm so excited for like, for second through sixth place at both meets <laughs> because there's so many good teams. Yeah. Uh, like I, I really think, I mean, Virginia women, I think are a pretty clear favorite. I think Texas, the, the men will win. Um, I hope it's close, but I, I just, I think they will, but like second through six at both meets, there's just like, so especially now that like the Stanford men have kind of put themselves into that conversation. 
uh, with their Pac-12 performances, and it's there's so many teams. It's, it's I love be- how risky that makes relays. Like that, oh gosh, that makes me like so nervous just for every takeover. Every, oh god, I'm just it's nerve wracking. Changes means lots of records. Yeah, <laughs> true. Yep, or DQs. Nah, either either way is fun for us. <laughs> Seriously, uh, anything but but safe starts so you don't get DQ'd at the end of the meet. I yeah, hate right. that. I hate that. I think there should be they should institute a rule where they award bonus points for the teams with the most aggressive um, relay exchanges. The lowest aggregate. Yeah. Or, or even just do it like figure skating or diving. Yeah, put the diving officials out there. What else are they doing? They can they can officiate like subjectively since we know now that the relay judging pads are apparently meaningless because at every single conference meet, there was a DQ that should have been called and wasn't. And then they turned the relay judging pad off on the live results so that nobody oh. could address <laughs> the fact that the relay uh, exchange pads were screwed up. So we wow. could just put the, the diving judges out there since it's all subjective now anyway, and the, the exchange times don't matter and let them just sort of make their opinion on who had the best exchanges. That's a bad idea. Not happening. Sorry. you diving. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, th- I think that's good for NCAA talks for now. We'll certainly get back to some college stuff, but let's, Let's go outside of uh, American Collegiate Swimming. We had a surprise star of the weekend. We had a lot of fast swim meets, but I did not see someone from Canada being the biggest headline. Summer McIntosh, holy moly. 429-1, 400 long course. I am number three performer all time. Like, how do you explain this? (laughs) You know, she's, she's so fast. And fast swims we always love, but I think what makes this like a really great story is that this happened in the same week that she learned that her coach was no longer, at least no longer going to be her coach at the high performance center in Toronto. Um, We don't know what the future holds for Ben Titley or Summer McIntosh for that matter, but like Ben Titley goes out saying, I told you, I told you I was worth the money. You know, whatever went went down with the contract negotiations this, this is like a final statement of I was worth the money. He has a, a, a 15 year old swimmer who stands all of five foot, six inches tall going 429 in the 400 IM and they let him go. And we still don't really know why. Um, but whatever it was, I hope it was a really good reason because this is the future of Canadian swimming and her coach just walked out the door. Just the time itself is beyond mind-boggling but I just can't get over that she's only 15 years old I I just it's such a hefty race I I just can't get over the fact that I mean she you know what I mean she's 15 it's like she doesn't have like muscles as much and you know what I mean it's just like the experience and things like that it's that's what's astonishing for me because I was really excited because I covered the the Japanese meet and so Narita um did 436 I think it was so unofficially broke the world junior record and so I was like yeah and you sent me a Slack message taunting I did. me. I did. I wrote up <laughs> Summer's prelims time, and you taunted me and said my swimmer was faster. My fifteen-year-old IMer was faster than your fifteen-year-old yes. IMer. I know, and that lasted not very long at all. But that was four thirty-six was still very good swim. But I'm just saying that just like she was seven seconds faster. I mean, that's just yeah. freaking unbelievable. I know that's Total. what's crazy. Seven, you know, we had that world junior record and seven seconds faster. Not like she just tiptoed under it. No. Seven seconds faster. A total prodigy. Absolute Uh, prodigy. I remember when 436 used to be a fast time in the 400 IM. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like we haven't heard 420 in years. It seems like it's been, you know, a long time. I mean, that would have won the Olympic Games, certainly. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that's just... So then, and then she, she backs it up with another world junior record, 200 fly, 2058. Did she even swim freestyle this weekend or was she just like, <laughs> yeah, nope. she that weird 400 where she went hard for 300 meters and then just coasted for a hundred and, and then went home and didn't swim finals or went to Florida mm. and didn't swim finals or something. Um, mm. Which again, I kind of roll my eyes at because like, I, I understand wanting to go all out on the 300 and see what happens, but then just like finish the 400 without, <laughs> without 
can't just finish the 400. You know what her uh, final time was? Uh, four thirty. It was. It was just. It. He was. She was at like three oh two at the three hundred or something, and then. Wow. Then she just really just shut it down. So she just cooled down the last hundred. But again, this is why nobody watches swimming because we do things like that. Um, but you know, it's 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 kind of one of those things where you say, oh, at her at her size, is she topped out? It almost doesn't matter. Like she's proven she's she's world class. She's Olympic medal class at her size. If she never drops another second, she'll still win an Olympic medal in Paris in the 400 IM. We didn't know she could swim the 200 fly. She's going to have to make choices. They've been pretty careful with her so far. (laughs) Um, So they've got some tough decisions to make. But again, like we were talking about before this new generation, like it's no longer going to be a given what swimmers are doing at selection meets, which Mm -hmm. makes it a little interesting. Sometimes there's a little more gamesmanship. Maybe it gives swim coaches that sort of, ability to to play chess that they always like um and are rarely effective at and it gives them an outlet for that energy oh we can't well, tell I you just, athletes are swimming yeah, but for the 200 fly i was looking at her so she was 213 as her entry went to 208 in prelims and then down to 205 so i just feel like that's extremely scary just time drop in a very relatively short period of time so and she's only 15 so for me i'm just i'm kind of frightened yeah. <laughs> I'm the scared. <laughs> Seriously, I I I am interested to see what's going to happen in this month. Now that, so do we know when Ben Titley is departing HBC? He told me his contract was up in March. Um, it sounds like he's done. Okay. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you know they had this put. I, there's lots of lots of information swirling, and and he's taking the team to Florida and. Um, it's not clear if he's still making that trip and then is done, but it, it sounds like he's basically mm-hmm. done. He's not going to make it through their trials. Wow. That's a, that's a big one. We're going to, we're going to get to that a little more on singer swim later. Uh, pro swim series in Westmont. We mentioned it at the top of the show. It was, it was pretty solid. We saw some pros show up. There was a lot of fans. That was super cool. Caleb Dressel signed some girl's forehead. That was the highlight of the meet for me, honestly. Uh, what did you guys see that excited you in Chicago? Uh, Michael Andrews, 59-0 in the 100 breast. Took mine. Sure. Damn it. <laughs> Sorry. And, was- and, no, and his 21-7-50 free was yeah. pretty. That was yeah, great, too. He's, he's had a rough few months but you know yeah, like we, yeah. we said he's back in his rhythm he's swum that's what his fifth meet this year already which is more than anybody else has done he's getting back to being michael of before and i think it's good i think he surprised himself which is good news um it sounded in in your interview coleman like he was surprised at his time um he just wanted to break a minute so that's good because we still need him, right? Like with mm-hmm. Andrew uh, Wilson retiring, um, Nick Fink's future uncertain because he's looking for jobs in engineering. Like we still don't have a breaststroker. He's he's still the guy. So um, from a Team USA perspective, I think that's super encouraging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I liked because I was covering New South Wales. So I was comparing Ledecky and Timbis because they kind of went – I think they both did the 800. I think they both did the 400. Um, did the Ledecky, did she do the 200? Mm-mm. She did the 4IM instead of the two free. Okay. Okay. So anyway, so I liked kind of just virtually dueling those two out and Titmus beat her on both the 800 and the 400. Just FYI. <laughs> I think Katie knows that. Like, do you think Katie looked up? No, I don't think do she cares. Do you Probably. Think, do you think Ariana looked up Katie's times? I bet she looked up yes, Katie's times. Yes. Yes. I think yeah. I think Dean, Dean like, Boxel looked up yes, Katie's yes. times, <laughs> and uh, I think I think Katie knows. Katie's a swim nerd at heart. Uh, okay, she, you know she reads Swim Swam. She might not comment, <laughs> but uh, she That's does. The gold I, standard, seriously. So, you know, she checks our Instagram stories. You know, it's like she she's a swim nerd. She's a student of the sport. So I think Katie okay. I think Katie knows. And okay. and and you know, it's like she she beat her in Tokyo. And yeah. whether or not she's going to show it, like, I, I think that sticks with her in one way or another. Right. Right. Uh, other then, things, other things I liked, um, I thought the hundred fly with Curzon and Dahlia oh, going yeah. 56, eight, 57, five. I thought those were both encouraging times. Yes. Um, got a, I've got a surprise sink or swim for that one, but yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, 
you know, I think, I think for both of those swimmers, those were very good times. I think Claire, I don't think it's a surprise that Claire is faster than Kelsey in season, because I think Claire's training lends itself more to be fast in season than Kelsey's does. Um, what about Leah Hayes? You know, she's, yeah. she's clearly now the next it girl going towards, uh, Paris. She was for me, unfortunately, the only highlight though, of the 200 free, I was a little disappointed in the women's 200 free. I thought overall it was on nobody sent me a hate mail, but on the sluggish side, Dude, without, without Ledecky, it's just like, what are we doing? <laughs> well, I, I don't know. It's just comparatively, I don't know. 159s. I think it was the first four people or five people were all like one. Well, Paige and Leah Smith were fast in prelims. Okay. Uh, Paige Madden was 157.6 in prelims and scratch. Uh, okay. The final. Okay. It was 158 okay. prelims. So Paige that's, Madden, that's, that, that's a good swim for Paige Madden. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think she's probably going 200, 400, uh, rather than 400, 800 towards Paris. Just my age. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's what she made the Olympic team in. Right. I would, I would definitely say that as well. It seemed like coming out of college, maybe she was going to be a great 800 freestyler, but I really think 200, 400. I think she just did the mile for NCs. And I mean, if you were a pro swimmer and you had the choice, you know, (laughs) It's IQ test, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so the pro swim was, was exciting. We're going to get another one here in just a few weeks, along with Titmus at the new South Wales championships, Shana Jack, Hunter free PR. Yeah. Yeah. Can, can, yeah. I, I didn't even see what the PR was, but, uh, mm, what do you think about that? I'm going to have to look it up. So she was 53, 13, which, okay. Talk about comparatively. So they had three women under 54 at, at just New South Wales, which is just freaking incredible. So, and one of freaking them is Aussies, man. Yeah. 17 year old Molly O'Callaghan. Okay. So that's 17, 53, 67 was her time. And then Maddie He's training with Kyle Chalmers now. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Which we're going to talk about him later too, but yeah. So Shana did really well. Uh, 5313, 24-42. I think that was right near her PB in the 50s. So, yeah, Dean said she's totally hungry. She's going after it. She feels like she needs redemption. Um, obviously, she was banned. It just kind of, um, I think she went back to race in December at Queensland Championships, I think was her first meet back. And she swam near personal best, so she's faster than she was in December. Um, so I think she's a total viable option for potentially individual 50 free spot I'm thinking. And then definitely for the, at least the four by 100 relay. Um, she might sneak in for an individual spot. I don't know. I, I don't know. Her on the podcast. We got to get her on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and especially with, um, with the Campbell's being like a big question mark, right? That's yeah. that really opens says the door. one of the Campbell's isn't making the Paris Olympic team. If she's oh, going gonna 53 be- ones right now, at least one of the Campbell's will not make the Paris yeah. Olympic team. Yeah, yeah. Because 53-1 in Australia is a prelims leg, right? It is. At best. <laughs> well, so, so, I mean, one of the Campbells might be on prelims then, but yeah. but yeah, it's it's a that's a that's a good point. Um I I'm always curious, like with athletes who get bans like this, you know, she's banned for two two years, three years, something like that. Two. Like yeah, how, is does she is she swimming on her, right? Because you're not supposed to train with your coach. I wonder yeah. if, if they follow that, if they, you know, I don't, again, I don't know. I don't, I just, I want to know what happens. Like how without, does she stay in safe for two years without and then go at best time? Like knowing what she did, I would think, I think that most of the athletes are getting, they're finding a way to get coaching and training. Maybe somebody's sending them workouts and they're having a parent do it. If their parent has swimming experience or a, non-carded coach or you know it it seems like fina isn't like wandering around to every pool in australia and checking every day um so i you know just anecdotally in general i don't think that's a well-enforced rule um so i'm sure she's writing though because yeah because i remember writing so i'm looking up my article so in may of 2021 she posted i'm back the water feels so great you know, basically she, so was she training before then? Maybe, but that so was like, like her 10 official months out of the water. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that was like her official, yeah. I guess, public dive in. Hey, you know, <laughs> it's, it's that two year taper Coleman. <laughs> you don't taper for two years. 
That's that's the secret to swimming. We're all doing it wrong. Right, like <laughs> we got to do that Ryan Lochte four year taper thing. Um, you know, I maybe she spent a lot of time in the weight room. Maybe this is more of what we saw during the pandemic, where kids spent a lot of time on dry land, a lot of time yeah. doing things they were allowed to do while their pools were closed. And mm -hmm. that had a residual impact. Um, because I could, I could see if you're banned and you can't have access to your swim coach going and finding a, a strength coach, a, a personal trainer and doing a lot in the weight room. And, she, yeah. and for sprinting, that's, you know, yeah. total key. So, yeah. Definitely. Let's ask her. Let's ask her. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sliding into Shana Jack's DMs right after this. <laughs> uh, all right. That's, that's our meat for the show. So I think it's time to play some sink or swim. First up today on sink or swim, Jeremy Kipp is officially out at USC as head coach. He put in his resignation after being on, is it administrative leave? Is that the technical term for it? After not being the head coach for quite a while now. Uh, so sink or swim, do we think, I, I, I feel like we're all thinking it. Lee, Lee Maurer, who has been the interim head coach, should get the job. If, if you're not, Braden, just let me know. But sink or swim, Lee Maurer is going to be the new head coach at USC. Well, I think she should be. However, anonymous internet commenter without citing a source or naming a name says it's not going to be her. So I don't know what to think now. <laughs> I don't know. I think I, the only, the only, to me, the only reason Lee Maurer doesn't become head coach is if because she does, she either doesn't want to, she, she enjoys the associate role, wants to stay as an associate mm -hmm. while her younger son, um, finishes high school, yada, yada, yada. Uh, or Jeremy Kipp was, there was no, that nobody would corroborate the stories and the investigation about the water bottle incidents. There were still lots of other stories that came out in that time period about Jeremy Kipp's activities as a head coach and his demeanor as a head coach. And so the only thing I can think of why they wouldn't would be if the administration decides that Lee had some culpability in that or should have said something sooner or et cetera. And they believe that she's sort of tainted by whatever happens with Jeremy Kipp and that they just need a fresh start. Hmm. Um, that's the only reason it makes sense to me to not hire her. She's there. She's a known quantity. The team's had very good seasons like the, it seems like a no brainer, but sometimes athletic directors make these things harder than they need to be. I'm Loretta. thinking it. I'm thinking it because Shane Tusup's going to come and coach USC. <laughs> Hottest take <laughs> on swim swim breakdown ever. <laughs> yeah, that's what's happening. So you heard it here first. <laughs> All right. Loretta with a hard sink. Braden? So Loretta, I'm going to forward his response email directly to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, no. he's an alum. Doesn't All USC right. need a golf coach too? I think they just need <laughs> a golf coach. All yes, right. two for one. He could do it. Yeah. He's got the energy yeah. uh, and the spunk. Yeah. Uh, Braden, who is your wildest prediction? You wrote an article on wild speculation of who could be the new USC head coach. You had a few options. Who do you, who, you know, who would you pick as, as your wildest prediction of like, they actually might get this job. I think Wyatt from Texas. Um, I always want to call him Wyatt Hodges because your brother is named Wyatt, but Wyatt Collins Same. from Texas. Um, I, you know, I think whatever went down last year when Eddie retired, then they talked him into coming back. I, Wyatt says he, he doesn't want to be the head coach anywhere else, but I think that there's, if USC came calling, I think he could do it. That's my wild prediction. I like it. <clears throat> All right. Moving on from USC. <laughs> More Sun Yang. What? I thought you were going to fight me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's a wild prediction. That's what I asked for. Mm -hmm. uh, moving on. Sun Yang back in the news. CAS threw out his, his appeal. So he's definitely not back in the water until May of 2024. Do we think he's going to show up in Paris? I do, because, you know, we have to understand sort of the Chinese culture, the Chinese economy. Swimmer is what he does. 
Um, he can sell makeup. He can do all these other things, but it's not like he's just going to go retire gently off into to nothingness and enjoy the fruits of his labors. Um, and China doesn't have an obvious replacement. You know, if China had a, yeah. a couple of 341, 400 freestylers hanging around, I'd say, oh, maybe he doesn't make the team. Maybe he loses. If the, any country. <laughs> yeah. A few countries do. Australia might. Um, but, you know, there's he's still the the he's still far and away going to be China's best 400, 800, probably 200 freestyler. Assuming. He's well, crazy. I. I'm swimming it um, because I was just, I, see, I, I have all the news. I'm looking at my old article as well. This is from June, 2021. And he said, actually, my body's in great physical condition. Difficulties will only help me grow, make me stronger. Bam. That's just, I mean, that's just what Sun Yang says, right? Like, that's I know. Just the kind of he's such that. a hero. <laughs> <laughs> but he, no, he's a machine. I do think he's a machine. I think that's swimming into, is, is, is obviously a shtick and he, he's well, he's good right. at it. So well, and we I, have to remember, we have to remember what he's hearing in China, what his fans are hearing, what his coaches are hearing in China is not the same what we hear in the Western world. Um, it's, it's a very different version of what went down. Um, both, I think both versions are equally credible personally. Like I don't, I, I think both versions of the story are equally credible, but in his world, only one version of the story is being told. So, you know, to us, it might be like, oh, how can he, how can he pull through this? But to him, it's mm -hmm. like, I've got a billion people still rooting for me. So he's going to walk out on deck with a hammer. That's what he's going to do. He's going to do that in Paris 2024. Yeah. So. I dare you to not stand move. on the podium with me. <laughs> <laughs> that would be such a power move. Wow. Uh, <laughs> all right. Another veteran swimmer. We talked about her earlier. Kelsey Dahlia. I am curious if you think that she can break up the youngster party in the hundred fly and make the world champ team this year or in seven weeks. Can you, can you, can you be very specific in what you're asking? Can Sink she or, or swim? Will, will Kelsey Dahlia make the world will championship she? team in the hundred fly? I am going to sink it. I think she's going to have a great time that in past years would have made it. I just think that mm. uh, Claire and Tori are going to be too good this year. Um, I think she can, you know, by that same logic, I think Tori coming quick out of the college season, there's always an opportunity for a little bit of a stumble there. Whereas Kelsey can line up for a perfect double taper. Um, so I think she can make it. I'm thinking that she will. Hmm. I think I'm going to swim it. I, I honestly think, her going against Claire in Westmont, I think was very good in terms of fueling her and just knowing, okay, this is exactly who I'm up against. And I don't know, kind of like setting the spark in her and she's mature enough. Obviously she has the experience. She was an Olympian. I'm mean, off that world record. Yeah. <laughs> I miss having you. She's from Kentucky. Well, not from Kentucky, but in Kentucky. So she's, Boom. she's, yeah, she's from Philly. Yeah. So she's I from Jersey. I'm, no, I'm she's claiming from her. South Jersey. I'm claiming her from from. Louisville. We're all claiming her. Yeah. She what swam in Missouri mean? once, so you guys <laughs> suck. All right, next. Uh, as we mentioned before, Ben Titley is out at HBC Ontario. Uh, specifically, his quote was something like, "Much like, <laughs> much like in life." As in contracts, what you get and what you want are two different things, which, which just cracked me up uh, because that's really all he said about it. But that's pretty damning for Canadian swimming, yeah. in my yeah. opinion. Uh, anyway, over the next five years, he's obviously built up Canadian swimming massively. Do we think Rand is going to see a decline um, because he's not there anymore? I'm thinking that because... I think if you talk to Canadian people, you know, he, he did what he did as a coach, but I think what he provided to Swimming Canada was the structure that he brought over from Loughborough um, that he installed to make a better elite swimming environment. Um, and, and when you talk to people in Canada, that's what they really value that he did. And that's why he's going to get another job at another federation um, because he can do that. He can show up and create 
an atmosphere of success above and beyond just his on deck coaching and separating and all of that stuff, which is, you know, he wasn't perfect, right? Taylor Ruck had some stumbles. There were, he, he, not every summer he coached succeeded, but he created an atmosphere. So I think that atmosphere will go on. Um, but I think swimming Canada really needs to think outside of the box for his replacement. Um, I don't think just another reshuffle of the, the coaches that have been at the training centers for the last 10 years is going to work. Um, I, I think it's an opportunity to go grab an American coach. Maybe that could be something good for them, but I think swimming Canada is going to have to really put some good effort into who they let take over that program. Yeah. I'm thinking that it's going to decline because I feel like they've built a culture and it's a, excellence a mindset that I think is is going to be a springboard just going into Paris and beyond so that doesn't just go away when one guy goes away you know it's kind of embedded right in in swimming Canada right now so I feel like I think there's only good things to come quite honestly I want to know if summer's going to follow him somewhere like if I want to know if a lot of those athletes are going to follow him somewhere Portugal yeah but summer you know summer (laughs) is the one right like he coaches a lot of good athletes, but she appears to be the next coming of whatever deity you believe in. <laughs> I mean, sure. But you know, it's like they, they have Kyla Sanchez, they have Kylie Moss, they, you know, Penny Taylor, Leando. Maggie, Leando. Josh. I mean, there's well, just so many that, that he trains. <laughs> here's what's interesting. In the ISL world, there's more of a structure for his athletes to follow him, right? Like his his Canadian swimmers aren't as spellbound by Swimming Canada's rules. They 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 in theory could be in in their ISL world for six months of this year, and that could all be training with Ben if if that's the the next opportunity for Ben. We're gonna have to cover that for six months. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> Unfortunately. That's a sink or swim for a different time. <laughs> All right. Um next up, uh men's pack twelves happened. We saw a lot of good swims from a lot of a lot of teams. Leon Marchand was was one highlight, certainly uh second fastest 400 IM ever. Um I am curious. We we've talked about the Arizona state men before. I'm curious if you think that they will win an NCAA title individual or relay uh, that, you know, they put up a 245 foreigner free relay on the last day of pack 12s just got touched out by Cal. They have a lot of strong swims. Do you think they're going to walk away from this NCs with a title? I'm thinking it. I think they're going to have a lot of top five finishes. I just don't, I, with, with how good they were at pack 12s, we still haven't seen Bowman do the double taper perfectly. Um, he got better in 2019 than he was in 2018 and 2017. Um, I think they'll get real close. They might even, you know, have a time that ends the year as the fastest time in the country. I don't think they're going to win anything. You don't think Leon's going to going to get a title? But I was just going to say Carson and Hugo. He's still he's I'm got swimming it. It's true. I'm swimming it. But I think it's honestly what my pick is. Okay, is Grant House in the 200 free? Because he's from Cincinnati. No, because <laughs> no, because I coached with his mom. But no, yeah, because, because, yeah, I was going to say because you know his mom. No, because he was he was he's dropping time like he's believed in the process for so long. And like, it's finally happening for him. You know what I mean? Like he's finally putting up times that he's capable of. But so he's going to go I, 129? No, I told you last week, it's going to be 130, which is what he went. Okay, you were wrong. Right you your eyes she's at sticking me. to oh her guns. <laughs> she's sticking to him. Um, yeah. 130 okay. is going to get third place. Ooh. What is this, 2018? <laughs> <laughs> All right. They swim as fast as the field <laughs> swims. I mean, it's anyway. <laughs> We'll find out. All right. I like this sink or swim. Uh, we're now we're going to talk about a couple things that I did because I'm egotistical. We, <laughs> I filmed a practice with Thomas Hailman. It was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. He went 48 and a hundred fly from the blocks in a brief three times in that oh practice. And it totally blew my mind. Uh, so Look into your crystal ball three years down the road, two years, sorry, two years down the road. <laughs> is Hailman going to make the Olympic team? 
God, why are you just, do you know how many moms I'm going to get emails from next week? <laughs> like just yelling at me because of this Coleman, um, not Thomas's mom, other people's moms. <laughs> you never get yelled at by dads. Don't dads ever yell at you? It's only moms. No, they do. It's just, you know, <laughs> it's just usually the moms that get mad about the like, Oh my God, the 15 year old. Um, I, you know, the opportunity is there, right? Like as Tom said, when he was on the podcast, for now, he's still the number two American hundred butterflyer. So he's going to keep doing it. Um, and like, that's an event that Thomas is obviously very good at. So that opportunity is there, I think for a super young swimmer, how old will he be? He'll be 18. He'll be what he's 15 now. So he'll be 17. 17. When's his, yeah. Cause he just had a birthday. Yeah. 17. He just had a birthday in February. I think 17, I think he's two close. or three in the hundred fly, depending on whether Michael Andrew swims it. So remember Michael was entered in it at trials mm-hmm. probably could have made the team if he swam it based on how he was performing at that meet, but cut it to focus on the other races. So I think if Michael Andrew swims it, he's Thomas's third. I think if MA doesn't swim it, he's second. I'm swimming it. I, I do. I do feel like he is going to make the Olympic team and the hundred fly was, was my choice as well. So, oh my gosh, we agree on something. Thomas Heilman <laughs> hype train. It's weird to think that the hundred fly is an event that the U S is struggling to find a, a next up in. That's an event yeah. that we've always been so good in. Yeah. I mean, well, kind of, but it's like, how many, how many like worlds or Olympics have we actually gone like one, two in, you know, it's like, it doesn't happen off or like, have we gone one, three in or two, three, you know, whatever. It's like, it doesn't happen too often, but yeah, it it is interesting. Michael this weekend, uh, his interview is going to come out soon from the pro swim, but he did talk about, he, he does want to incorporate the hunter fly back into his main arsenal of hunter breast to I am 50 free. So good commentary there. All right. Uh, last up on sink or swim today, we talked to Kyle Chalmers He's a peach. <laughs> he gave us the update on signing with Arena, on how his shoulder's doing, on his massive training group that he's going to have heading into Paris, uh, which is I, I, it feels like um, feels like he's going to be good. Uh, he said he's never had like a real training group before, and now he has like Australian contemporaries there to push him every day, and uh, so he's excited. So I'm curious if you think that he will break the long course meter hunter free world record by the time we get to Paris, including Australian trials where Australians historically swim out of their minds. I'm going to sink it because with the, the injury problems he's had, I don't know that having a group there to push him every day is necessarily going to help him, right? Like there's a scenario where that backfires and is a little, destructive if he you know if his shoulder's hurting and he can't back off because you know the the guy in the lane next to him is making him feel challenged I think that could hurt him in the long term so I'm going to sink it I'm swimming it because he only has to basically drop a tenth you know just to basically break the world record he put up his best time ever okay it was it is a big that tent, tent but is he, like, more uh, like two. Okay, tents, what about but, yeah. okay the short course world record that was like untouchable, and he made that happen. He also basically said in his interview that like that was all the arena suit. <laughs> no, <laughs> it was no, like I had been at forty five five forever, and then I put on the arena suit and I went forty four eight. Yeah. Well, but I know I do know when he when he looked <laughs> at it, everywhere just. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, but when he when he commented on his Tokyo race, he said, "I mean, basically, I think the difference was was like the reaction time, essentially, between Russell yeah. and him. Like when it yes. comes down to it, yeah, so, it six one hundreds. Yeah. So for him, I that's real motivation that they were essentially equal, if you will. You know, he just has to kind of sharpen up a couple of things, and I think he will. Yeah. I mean, I guess charmers. I guess I'm with you on the. Do I think he has the the talent? And the drive to do it, I I think the injury is just a it's I think to me the injury is the conflating factory. I don't think shoulders get better as you move into your twenties after that many problems. He's had heart surgeries. I mean, this person is like invincible. So 
He's basically a cyborg at this point. I mean, there's, he's a total cyborg. there's two things that happen the more surgeries you have, right? Like you either get become a cyborg or you just get less healthy. Like, I don't think any- And so far any, he's just any, become a cyborg. Yes, yeah, but exactly. Like no point in the history of, of medicine has somebody said, oh, let's continue doing surgeries. You're definitely getting healthier. The, the, more, the more surgeries you have, that's a sign that you're getting healthier. Yeah, but he could be becoming more physically capable. Yes. He's becoming regardless of health. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll see. I, I feel like he certainly ha- is capable, especially now that he has an arena suit. I love the Australian swimmers. I feel like the American swimmers, um they they go through their whole lives of swimming. And the media is like, oh, you're great. You're great. You're great. And they get to swim, swam. And if we criticize them fairly or otherwise, they react to that in one way. But the Australians have grown up where they just get shredded, like to an (laughs) unbelievable degree by their media. So when they come to us, like even our tough questions feel like softballs to them. Pretty tame. (laughs) And they're, they're happy to say things like, yeah, it's the arena suit. (laughs) <laughs> i i agree i was just talking to mel about this because if you've made it this long in the breakdown here's here's a sneak peek mel just got off with adam Petey, <clears throat> so look for that podcast coming soon but he was like adam Petey was awesome he talked about he i was like okay what's off limits like i'm not gonna ask about russia but like what else should i not ask about and Petey was like oh I, you can ask me about anything <laughs> mm, I'm excited for that it's one. Whether whether that's true or not, right? It is. I agree with you, Braden. Their demeanor is just different from from other athletes, and it's very refreshing. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Last thing I got is that uh, a day in the life with Alaskan Olympic champion Lydia Jacoby just <clears> came <throat> out. Go check it out on Swim Swim. It's a pretty neat look into her daily life in Alaska. Uh, oh. And tune in every. Did you learn their secret sauce? Like, does she race penguins every day? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's, <laughs> Are there any penguins in Alaska? I, I don't think so. There's sure. sea lions, and okay. she. Oh, I have footage of her quick. with sea lions. That's so scary. That'll happen. Uh, wow. I've seen yeah. those videos. Is is Lydia Jacoby still in one piece? She showed up in Chicago, so she must be. She showed up in Chicago. <laughs> She's fine. Dude, that's it again. It's just a day in the life. That's just how she rolls. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's it. Tune in every week for your news and swimming on the swim, swim breakdown.